Yo, hey, it's your host, Brian. Um, welcome to another episode of Invite the Neighbors. Before we get started, I just want to tell you about our sponsor, Two Foot Parade Records. Um, Two Foot Parade is an independent record label based in Kalamazoo, Michigan. It's over on the west side, for those of you that don't know. Um, their mission is to invest in artists without requiring them to give them partial ownership of their work. So very, you know, there's a movement right now going on in music where artists are, you know, demanding their the rights to their work because they're the ones creating it. Imagine that. Um, and, you know, Two Foot is, they definitely understand that and an artist friendly. Um, they have two new releases coming out soon. Worry Club Volume 1 Mixtape is available for purchase on their website. Um, it's Volume 1 Mixtape from Worry Club. And then Nest Lake's Low Light Cassette is available for purchase on their website. Um, and they're also accepting submissions on their website. So that's twofootparade.com. TWO footparade.com and all their socials are at two foot parade. So at TWO footparade. Check them out. Let them know that uh, you heard about them on the podcast. All right. And here is the episode. Yo, what up? It's Brian again. Um, this episode, Benny and I chatted with our homie Micah Kotner. Um, they have some new material out under the band name Hip. Happiness isn't possible, and they also play drums. That's like their main, not their main, but like they're the main songwriter in that project. And then they have a metal band, which is really fucking sweet. I don't know if metal's the right genre. Sorry, Micah. I don't. I, you know, I'm clueless on these things. But their band is called Solemn Judgment, and they play drums in that one, which is fucking rad. I've always wanted to be in a metal band. Um. If you're in a metal band, you need a guitar player or singer. Hit me up, dude. Anyways, we had a good episode. Talked about noise rock. Talked about power violence a lot. Didn't know that existed until I chatted with Micah. Um, and they have a really cool Adam Sandler Universe podcast coming out soon. So stay tuned for that. Um, anyways, support the podcast. Follow us on social media at Invite the Neighbors on Instagram at ITN Pod on Twitter. Um, share. An episode with your friends tell people about the podcast follow us on spotify subscribe on apple Podcasts, google podcasts um leave us a review i really appreciate it and if you're one of those people um that i occasionally see saying on social media which is crazy but i'll see people saying that they look forward to every episode of this podcast uh i want to say thank you um and hit me up and, and honestly if you're one of those people let me know if you'd be interested in a patreon would you if I got a Patreon and charge people like a dollar, like I tiered it, but I, you know, entry feels like a dollar a month for like a bonus episode a week or something. Would you guys be interested in that? Please hit me up. Please let me know. I want to kind of gauge how many people are listening to this. So if you could just take the time, shoot me a DM. I would really, really appreciate it. So anyways, I'm going to stop rambling and get into the episode now. So here is me, Benny and Micah Kotner. Such a bummer because I I learned to like cats. Oh God! Hi, Craig. <laughs> Craig has joined us. What's up, little buddy? What are you saying about that cat? Uh, I'm just used to like a very violent cat who just tries to take swings at me whenever I walk past him. Um, <laughs> and so now I like cats nowadays, and it doesn't. But now I like. I desperately want to be this incredibly violent cat's friend, but now I have like this weird like 
flight response around other cats when they get too close to me because he'll just switch from being super affectionate to just fucking clawing at me. <laughs> but he's also fucking huge, so he's like a nice little weighted blanket when he decides to come <laughs> the fuck down and lay on top of you. It's That can be nice. Yeah, that's how uh, Mookie the cat is. The fat black one. She is... Uh, she's a loaf. Luca, none of them are dangerous. They're actually like embarrassingly not dangerous. Like, I feel like a lot of cats are like this. Yeah, Yoda. He's not. He's not shit. He was just a stray, and so he just doesn't know anything but violence. But he doesn't know how to like, you know, do any like the crazy shit that you'll see these huge feral cats that are like super scared all the time do. <laughs> like he knows he has a good life. He's just a dickhead. Yeah. Also, Benny, I want you to know that I have a uh, a fireplace. Uh video going on my tv right now so yeah, this is our uh, ambiance probably the, kick, kicks your ass the christmas spirit as the uh, <laughs> yeah. this is, as this the is lone jewish cozy. person on yeah. the podcast i am it's, it's, <laughs> yeah enthralled for you we have the red the red green and white lights i have a christmas tree at the uh mini tree at the foot of the stairs it's all about the christmas tidings it's all about the holiday cheer. Yeah, and like you might say, the th- like we're keeping a pretty good distance from each other. So there's this weird like you have so much room to spread out. Yeah, in here it's very <laughs> it's very loungy. Yeah, spread yeah. out, get comfy. Yeah, this yeah, room yeah. like my roommates. One of my roommates downstairs is moving out soon, and then that's gonna be my bedroom, and this is gonna be like just the podcast Fuck studio. Yeah. I'm gonna get like a futon up here, get the TV out of here, like the all this dresser and shit will be gone. That way it'll just be like. Like you said, I'm gonna move the, uh, I'm gonna move the drum set over. We'll make it a jam space. You should oh, just yeah. like watch <laughs> a bunch of Joe Rogan videos and just emulate that exactly. Like go find a fucking taxidermied wolf and stick it in there for no fucking reason. <laughs> oh, it's it's like I'm I can tell you how excited I am to like actually make a podcast studio and like because like once it's actually like cool and like I have like that vibe going very much like the Joe Rogan ish like just random shit that I think is cool. I That's what I want to start doing videos and stuff. Vending right. machines full of Kratom. Yeah. I'll come over. Oh my God. I'll come over in like a month and a half, freshly vaccinated for COVID, no mask, with every camera sitting two feet from you. And that's how we'll do yeah. this. Make it comfortable. Oh my God. Just like sitting on each other's laps and just <laughs> like just having just like a 10 person episode. You have to buy a separate it, interface for it. I, That's actually, sit, I would have you sit on my lap, Brian, and the, it would be the energy of like Santa asking a child what they want for Christmas. <laughs> sounds about right. I'm down for that. I always forget you're like super tall, Benny. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like about that too. I'm like six foot four, and you would mm-hmm. think that you would. You're six four. Nice. Yeah, according Holy to my doctor. Shit. That's all right. Hell yeah. Which, you know, I don't trust I don't trust medicine or vaccines or doctors, but you know, gotta take what I can get. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's it's all just a liberal conspiracy. Who would you trust to give you a vaccine? If anyone was gonna give you a vaccine. Pamela Anderson. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh, Pamela Anderson, okay. Okay. Megan Fox. Megan Fox, not a bad choice. I'd say Dwayne the Rock Johnson. If he's taking the vaccine, then I'm about it. 
I think. Uh, definitely, yeah. If, if Stone Cold was, if Stone Cold gave a monologue at me and then just like shoved the vaccine in me, I would definitely be fine with that. Like, <laughs> if you could just get a vaccine via stunner, that'd be perfect. <laughs> just head into the mat and then you just do that again in two weeks and then you're good. You will not get you corona can... and that's the bottom line. Exactly. Stone Cold said so. Exactly. You just experienced. No, that's a different wrestler. I was going to make a reference to the Tower of Power, but I don't even know who that is. The Tower of Power. <laughs> I'm a fake fan. It's fine. Well, Benny, I don't know if you realize this, but we tried to do this episode already. And... Yeah, I wasn't sure if we were going to talk about that, but my computer is, I think the technical term is total shit. Yeah. And so <laughs> it crashed twice. <laughs> Over Discord, which is why I was like, I can, I'm just gonna mask up chemicals up. I can smell nothing but cleaner right now. I just took basically what feels like a bleach bath before coming over here, <laughs> and just like we'll just do this this way, and like, you know, because I can't, I it, I don't have the money for a new whatever the fuck is wrong with it. Because you build your own PC when you're 18 because you think it's a good idea and then don't touch anything uh you're gonna have some problems yeah apparently that's why i'm just chill with like my macbook air and a video game console i do not need like a built pc i would love a built. i was just thinking my roommate has two built pcs that like I'm just so jealous of like our tv downstairs like just runs off a computer and we just pirate everything and just watch everything online, like sporting events. We just stream. It's like the the computer has replaced the cable box, and I will never go oh. back. Yeah, I mean that's definitely how it should be. Like when I got the thing, I was definitely really big into like Team Fortress and Counter Strike and shit. So I needed oh, a piece of yeah. time. But it is it. I, I I'm terrible. Like no, nobody nobody has any business playing me now. But like. At the time, it was kind of my only option, but yeah, I definitely look at people with the IMAX and I'm just like, oh, ours costed the same, and like, you know, maybe mine was a better machine at some point, but holy fuck, I am tired of these problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I just got an iPad. I'm like, all right, I get the hype. This is still feels like a baby toy, but I get the hype. I play a Switch. I can't talk about childish technology. <laughs> like... Not everything I own can be old, apparently. Which which iPad did you get? Uh, the Air Three, because the Four came out, so it just dived in price. Oh like, yeah, cool. I don't know the difference between any of these, and I don't, I'm not, <laughs> I can't draw, so I don't need most of what the Four can do. Like, can it run GarageBand? Can I like finally use iMessage now, so people stop giving me shit about the color of my text bubbles? I, cool. That... All right, checked off my two big boxes. That's one of those things, like the the, the green text boxes or whatever bubbles how is that like so annoying like what is the psychology behind that because it is so I annoying know, but everyone it, in hardcore decided to latch onto that hard i know that i know so that was the wildest thing i think that might have been like my biggest transition from like basement punk to uh like you know, popular hardcore, quote unquote popular hardcore was just that like everyone has iPhones and like hype beast <laughs> culture is super big around there. So it's like me and like people that only listen to power violence are like still team Android, but then everyone else is just like, oh, you get that whatever, I think it's green text out of here. And I'm just like, dude, okay, if you want, 
but like, do you want to buy my fucking phone? And then people offered to give me their old phones and just like, I'm, this feels like that's a very nice gesture of yours, but also I like my fucking phone. Yeah. <laughs> At the time. Uh, it, I it, don't, I it don't doesn't know. make sense that like, it, it's so annoying that Apple like refuses to make things customizable. Like they just now realize that like, it's people want to have widgets on their home screen. Yeah, that that that's the thing is like I've definitely gotten past a lot of my snidiness because I'm really big. I've gotten now that I make like noise music and I have to use like I do all an, mostly analog shit or like chip tunes. I'm definitely bigger into workflow than I used to be. And there's a lot of stuff in Apple that's really good for workflow. So I've been keeping an eye on Apple like, oh, you know, maybe when I got the scratch. I will invest into Apple. And then I find shit, shit out like that. It's like, they haven't had widgets. Like, why not? Right, right, right. Or like customizable homes, like customizable home screens. And just like that stuff that like the Droid One had. And it was such yeah. a like, oh, this is fine. I, but I mostly like this phone because it's $200 instead of 900 Right. Yeah. It, it like Samsung makes a dog shit phone. I'll say it. But they have all the features, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they're they're sweet at first, and they have like the cool bendy screen. But like, I had a Galaxy S nine, and that was like cool. But then they just get glitchy. Faster. I have the S. I yeah. have the S ten. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's 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 it, I every once in a while will just like lean really close into my phone's microphone and be like, "You're bad. You're terrible. I know you're listening." <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And then I dropped it over the summer, and now the screen's cracked. So, whatever. We're Almost just we're let all know, we're, we're heading down to hell, and yeah, team iPhone, I guess. You guys ever try to like, like, you know, like just talk about something on purpose, and then see if you get advertisements for it? Like, hmm, I could really use some Nyquil. The and then see if it pops up because I have. Yeah, now that <laughs> I work for a retailer, though, it's just all kinds of fucked. Like, cause it'll overhear other people asking me questions about things. Oh, um, yeah. And so now it's just like, well, I, I don't even know it. Like all it can really base on my realistic stuff is like, uh, like Instagram is pretty good. Cause all they advertise to me is pre-workout and I love that shit. I love feeling like my body's on fire. <laughs> Get my pump on bro. Uh, the doctor have would you be a uh would you be uh, okay with like, referring you as doctor pump <sighs> for the rest no, of this episode no, you could but i would disagree <laughs> with you <laughs> doctor pump that's just like a sweet name that seems like a character in street fighter yeah but you know what sucks <laughs> is that like lil pump is a dumb maga chud now and i think he ruined that whole chud <laughs> fucking the word pump has is, is a little stained right now yeah uh as an as a uh qualifier i think i think uh i think that kid has really really made that less appealing now what is a chud and and <sighs> is that relate to chode or is chud and chode are they di are completely distinct chud is a movie that came out like 40 years ago and i think it's just like some it's it's about <laughs> just like aggressively brain dead people i think i think oh are like, mutants, well, like, I an, know, like I an airhead Basically. Yes, but they're also oh, okay. really violent. It's like, yeah, it's kind of like an airhead who's really fucking violent, which a lot of like, you know, 
Yeah, sadly, those two kind of go together a lot. A lot, but like, there's like a special kind in this ag- the aggression because they think they're right. They're so convinced they're right, and that's like what a lot of these QAnon people are, where they are just straight up fucking horrifying, but they're they're as terrifying as they are super dumb. Yeah, I think they're yeah. just bored too. Like, I was reading the QAnon stuff, and I was just like, why don't you just read like an H.P. Lovecraft novel or something? Like, well, something like it, less consequential. I don't know. That's fair, and I I just saw uh, Color Out of Space, and that was a fucking amazing movie, and I'm sure the book is trippy, but H.P. Lovecraft certainly has his problems. Yeah, oh, I mean, 100%. it's just like, believing in QAnon, it just seems so arbitrary, because it's just like... Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. There's, there's definitely like this thing where it's like, how did, it's like, these are all the same, like, we've always had edgy dipshits, I mean, like, I think we all probably grew up on South Park, yeah. but like... It's crazy now that people are like, they're harvesting babies to live forever and get high. The adrenochrome. Like, yeah. <laughs> which doesn't fucking work, apparently. Like, there was, I don't know. Gotta love I, having that adrenochrome. You tried it. Hookup. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. And you edit that out. Micah really did not try adrenochrome. Shit. We're going to edit this part out. Yeah, man. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll inject a full uh, shot of adrenochrome in, into me while playing cyberpunk 2077 <laughs> and see the future oh no perfect i would love to see i want a character now where it's a dude who's totally edge except for adrenochrome it's <laughs> like hard hard x but then you just like find out that he is just harvesting upset sad kids <laughs> Yeah, that's that's like the new AA guy who only smokes weed. He still smokes weed, but uh, that's like the new, new age. Is like I'm completely clean off all performance enhancers and drugs, except uh, I do so, take oh, adrenochrome. So, yeah, so uh, adrenochrome is the new kratom. Fuck yeah! Oh yeah, dude, I love me some kratom. Not gonna lie, I like to drink too much, which sounds really sad when I say it that way. But like, I feel like I would forget that I was on kratom. Yeah, and go just like have a beer and then have a really bad time because I know like you can't be doing that. Yeah. Cause yeah, I know I know people that have used Kratom to quit drinking. It's like, yeah, fuck yeah. But like Yeah, it's... I, I had my uh, long hard talk with booze a couple of years ago and I came out feeling pretty alright with it. So I don't want to fuck myself up somehow. That's why I don't really do drugs yeah. at all. Like that's started smoking weed a bit over quarantine, but even then I'm just a bummer to hang out with when I'm stoned. So that's not super common. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people are, I, I definitely probably would be like the only time I really smoke weed now is like, honestly, like me and my girlfriend will be like watching a movie or something and we'll hit, we'll hit the claw, but I don't drink. I like rarely ever drink. I have like a few bottles of wine just cause like I'm an adult. I should have wine in case, you know, that I just, needs to be open. <laughs> I just need the music to get high. Oh, there you go. Just All plug right. in just plug in my headphones, put on some Radiohead, forget about the world. Oh yeah, Radiohead. <laughs> no, you know, you know, we don't need anything. No, we don't need the touch of a woman or whatever your for gender is or other easier to listen to music, just Radiohead the whole time. Just listen to Kid A and just reaffirm how much better your opinions are than other people's. <laughs> That's just one of my favorite things to do. Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know Benny's bringing up Jesus. Oh yeah, I it's told you, Jesus is their kid. Jesus is Kanye's kid. A tell me. Oh, that. here we go. Well, all right. Wow. Because wow, because you think about Radiohead, they release OK Computer, and then they like reject, not reject, but like they go in a completely different direction, and and it's arguably 
a lot of people would say their best. I mean, I'm not one of the kid A truthers that think it's their best, but like it's after OK Computer, you know, which was so highly acclaimed. It's like instead of doing that same thing, they went in this completely other, like difficult to digest direction. And it's kind of like Jesus after Dark Twisted Fantasy was like kind of the same sort of move. It was a switch up, but like, and I'll I'll show my fucking uh, power level on this. It all just sounded like Death Grips at the time. Like, No Love Deep Web had already come out, and then you hear the first track off Jesus, and it's like, oh, so Kanye West is now aware of internet hip hop again, and he's just like, oh, I can put distortion on an eight oh eight, hell yeah. And then you get to bound to, and you're crying if you're that specific kind of dork, but. <laughs> my initial impression of Jesus was always like the only people that think this are inventive are not people who listen to scary music and that's fair yeah but as someone who was never good at gaming or board games I just got really aggressively into extreme music so that way I could be an unapproachable dork that way do you feel like though like I feel like you could take it a number of ways though like is by Kanye like taking influence from that is he doing a service to that genre by like maybe bringing it into the mainstream or is he like aping it? Oh, he probably thinks he created it. Um, he <laughs> probably, probably forgot. Fair. His, well, like the dude has like a literal stable of producers. So I'm sure one person True. is just like, you know, I'm really, I'm really digging Zach Hill. And he, Connie was like, who the fuck is that? Shut up. I'm, I am God in this record. And it's like, Oh wow. You are, you still made late registration and that's one of the most important hip hop albums to me. So I guess you get a pass for this time and we're just going to ignore Jesus and current. We're just going to ignore the shit you're saying for now. Cause it's not yeah. that bad. Yeah. Uh, he's just Jesus a family. Came. He's just a family man now. He really just a family guy. Yeah. Luckily, he's like, he's all about guy. his yeah. sustainable living spheres. He's like, dude, I read this, this GQ article with him and that's just the kind of guy I am I guess but like it the shit he's on now like out in Wyoming is like these big like spherical living communal living spaces that are like all designed by like these weird artists and shit or like inspired by these like weird artists and make the next Waco it's it's so weird dude it's like definitely you can definitely hear the like the footsteps of the cult approaching, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's, like good thing, unless he has Kid Cudi involved, his shit is garbage, because otherwise we'd be in real trouble. Yeah, he needs to, like, drop Jesus for more Cudi collabs, I feel like. Well, no, I, I don't know. I don't know. I almost wonder if, like, for the good of the public, he needs to keep, like, fucking up his solo releases so nobody, <laughs> like, really falls No one has expectations. Cult. Yeah, like, because I feel like if he was doing this cult shit during Life of Pablo, we'd be in trouble because a lot of people were really, really plugged into that record. And uh, I think I, I know a few people that I went to college that, that we would not be, I would not be hearing from anymore because they would be in the cult of Pablo or whatever he it just, called it. It just seems like Kanye is to pop culture what Trump is to the Republican Party. It's like he can do no wrong. Like, no matter what he does, it's just, he's just going to be the same level of relevant. It's just going to be, like, the same level of, like, you know, like, showcased. And it's just, that's, I'm not saying that's a good thing. It just seems like once you reach a certain level of prominence, like, I don't know how, I don't know how you get there, but I also, it's just, like, there's nothing you can do. Like, no matter what, there's enough people 
that are just going to talk about you. Yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely equally as problematic as they come, and he's just, yeah, he is definitely on that level of uncancelable that I think, like, anyone in, like, Migos are, or, you know, fucking Elvis, obviously, or any, <laughs> or anyone in Led Zeppelin. I know they were all fucking creeps when they were, like, when, you know, anyone in that era was. I just... I think once you do hit a certain point, it just does not matter. I mean, fuck, the, the famous example is Chris Brown. The fact that that, like, yeah. the fact that uh, R. Kelly. XXX Tentacion got shot, and yeah, R. Kelly and Chris Brown are still walking around is just kind of, like, shocking <laughs> yeah. to a certain extent. It's just, like, it's just weird, like, where, you know, I guess, quote-unquote, karma chooses to play out in that. Yeah, if I didn't know, realize the stuff like there's things about Led Zeppelin, but if we want to right the wrongs of history, we could just cancel Greta Van Fleet now for the sins of Led Zeppelin. No, you brought those, them up. Those, I didn't. Those 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 rich little <laughs> Frankenmuth children. <laughs> they they are. It seems fair though, right? Well, just cancel I mean, them for the, the sins stop. of their fathers. <laughs> they could stop. That'd be fine. I don't know, but like the sins of their fathers. Fleet. What like what was that other band that sounded exactly like them? Was it like Wolf Mother or some shit? Oh yeah, Wolf Mother. Yeah, like that all, all that shit woman, sucks. Like I my my current problematic fave is Mike Patton of uh Faith No More and Mr. Bungle. And Yes, he exactly. rules. I mean, he is fucking hilarious to watch. I like. He did an interview with uh, Eric Andre, and I was just like, I cannot watch this interview because it is two of the most outspokenly aggressive men uh, who are also very mellow <laughs> talking to each other, unfiltered and. It was yeah. I I I am not ready for the sheer level of bullshit that comes out of their heads. But to the point is, Mike Patton was being interviewed during a festival, and cut the interview short to bitch about Wolf Mother playing behind him. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. It was spliced in like, and it was spliced in with like a best of Mike Patton. So it's you know him doing like his vocal performances with Bjork and him hitting these like crazy whistle sings and like him like. Then he has this interview where he just eats an entire sandwich while someone's trying to interview him um, <laughs> and like freaking out about the red hot chili peppers. And then at one point he, yeah, like they're just talking about face no more the record. And then he goes, are you hearing this shit? Do people actually like this? What the fuck is, <laughs> what the fuck is this? How am I like, I am ashamed to be on a bill with these guys. Wow. And it was like, oh, Mike, you, I listened to the new Mr. Bongo record today. It was fucking incredible. And he wrote that when he was a teenager. But good Lord, that is a man who's never been punched. Do you guys know what Mr. Bungle, what I think it comes from? Like, have you ever seen like the, it's like <coughs> this like 50s or 60s, like, um, etiquette video that they showed to like little kids. And it's oh, like, I guarantee it. It's like Mr. Bungle is like this kid who like, goes to school like doesn't wash his hands and then goes in the lunch line and it's like this voice going no one wants to be a mr bungle and it's like this like all these examples of what not to do if you want to be a good little boy and it's like all white kids you know what i mean oh, yeah that that sounds exactly <laughs> like it like this record they just put out was their first like demo full length that's just like a kick-ass thrash record but it's 
about I think if there's a concept to the record, it's called like the miraculous wrath of the Easter Bunny or something like that. It's all about just like <laughs> the Easter Bunny committing horrible acts of violence. Oh, like Happy Tree Friends or whatever. That kind of. I mean, it. Yeah, the that because I mean that shit is the equivalent to what Mister Bungle is. Like I think the like super edgy shit did transfer transfer over to cartoons oh, when okay. we were growing up because it was just. The it was just what it was a quick to easy, uh, quick and easy to make medium, and it was just really easy to get super dark with it because nobody had any expectations. Like right, and I I still think about Happy Tree Friends a lot because it's just like that they got cable play. Like, yeah, they all had they're all probably working somewhere in the industry and like living well because of these fucking horribly perverse cartoons about uh, bunnies and mooses and mice. Yeah, it's it's not even like the lack of expectations. It's just like subverting the actual expectation. Yeah, but, you know? even, but even when you know what's about to happen because of like bad thumbnails and stuff, it's still just like you can't look away. Yeah. Because like it's, yeah, like, you know, as someone who likes a lot of extreme stuff, it's easy to say like, oh, it subverts expectations. It's really, you know, it's really uh, subversive, but sometimes it's just fucking cool. I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't need every like I just like, you know, fucking riffs or, you know, heads exploding. I don't always need everything to be this. Like a huge statement, because I think that's when like a lot of artists gets to sniffing, sniffing their own farts and it's really obnoxious. So would you say that this like kind of ties into like the noise rock stuff that you've been into, like the noise music. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, I think, yeah, like I love it because it can so easily be so political and uh, like outspoken. Like this band Amygdala that I was recently reminded of is, I think they self-describe as emo violence. (laughs) So it's like the emotional hardcore shit that from the copy pasta, but then like, through just the chainsawiest guitar tone and it's all screeching and it's crazy, but they're all a bunch of uh Texas first generation um children of immigrants. They're like first generation citizens. And so their music is aggressively political. Um like I saw them in like twenty sixteen, I think, and they like let fe- a bunch of feedback ring out over blast beats and the three front pe- people up front were just like raising their fist up you know that in the it and it like it would look like something somebody would be doing now you know post uh all these protests have been happening but they were that was just like part of the initial vision of their band but then on the other side you have people that are just like life is a fuck and it sucks and it's still just as enjoyable to right. me but it's cool that it's such an open-ended thing and because nobody is trying to be like pop appealing, it always feels genuine, no matter what approach you're taking. Either just the total nihilism of something like a bucket of piss, which is just <laughs> a dude with a contact microphone plugged into a bunch of distortion pedals, <laughs> plugged into another microphone, hitting the microphone and the bucket, and then destroying his entire setup <laughs> at the end of his set. Hell or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking beautiful. Or somebody like hell simulation um ethan mccarthy from primitive man where his stuff is just always political you know like living in the heart of denver you know just as a 
person of color just aggressively anti-gentrification and really hurt by it and watching his friends be hurt by it. So everything he does is really colored by that. But at the end of the day, they're both uh, noise musicians and they both probably, unless one of them's like a piece of shit, which I don't think so, uh, they respect each other to an extent because they're still pushing the boundaries of everything. And that opened the door for a lot of really cool sounding things. Like, like the band Waves was a noise rock band at first um, by accident, but they still were. And like, that's like a whole fucking thing now. Like that's like college kids can't stop, can't get over that shit. And that started as like a noisy, shitty band in a basement or, you know, the, the current favorite example would definitely be a hundred Gex. Yeah. Absolutely noise influence. Still haven't listened to them. Dude. I'm almost just like when so many people are like making memes about a band or something, it's just like, ah, do I even want to listen to this? I checked it out. It sounds like a bunch of angry chipmunks and dubstep and yeah, it's, it's just really like, annoying like, and I fuck with it. <laughs> yeah. Be like, I I don't know. Benny, well, how do how do you think I would react to that band? <laughs> I think you would like I think you would turn it off after like you'd give it a song and you'd be like, Oh, that was, uh, that, that was, that was interesting. And then you'd never <laughs> touch it ever again. Probably. I, think I would you're make you right. listen to the ska song. I think that's, I think that's what I would have to do just cause I know you're going to hate it anyway. So we might as well just be like, here's the most creative ska song in the last decade. And you just get to be like, well, fuck that genre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so, that's actually so funny to me, but that's just like, that's just, subjectivity though you know what i mean like people like it's so f- the funny it's so funny to me the thought that like you can be doing something that's like so like objectively creative and object objectively like artistic and and good but then someone can because of the nature of opinion someone could just completely dismiss it immediately and they're still not like wrong quote oh, unquote i mean you look at uh artists like Death, I think, yeah, Hundred Gex probably, although they're still at the at their core pop songwriters that use weird production. But like, you look at Death Grips or Radiohead, and like both yeah. of those bands are really fun to meme on because of like their fan base are, you know, just they. Oh yeah, like a lot of the younger fans of both of those bands. Just, I think they would rather you like insulted their mothers right right then insult those bands yeah it's so fucking there's such this allegiance to it like and so of course you know i feel i feel it's my duty to shit on radiohead because you gotta you gotta get over the fact that it's like you're right this band is creative but like also it sounds like it sounds like a blazer with elbow patches yeah see like the thing is like no band ever is good enough or like important enough to where like any they ever deserve that type of like art art shouldn't be put on a pedestal fuck it yeah i mean it's 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 like yeah no band is like they're they're all just people who are none of them beyond reproach you know what i mean it's why like musicians aren't treated like people on the internet anymore is because there's this reverence for them. And so if they try to be vul- you know, vulnerable on Maine, a lot of people will just like shit on them because if, th- if their shit isn't fully thought out and perfected in this right. studio environment, 
you know, it's bad. And I'm just like, like, I, I, I can't stop thinking about heart attack, man, in that context. Cause he is just like, then this like, you know, DIY quote unquote lifer been going to hardcore shows since he was like 14. He's older than us now. And he's just, you know, wrote a record about like, you know, depression and abuse and people called it cringe. And it's just like, all right, but like, what did you, ex- like, what, what, what do you want from him? Right. He tries to explain himself. He tries to like be entertaining. And I like, even if it's not your thing, like you're, you, he, like so many musicians are so fucking dehumanized. And yeah, it's, yeah. it's from the idol worship shit that is just, I mean, we even see it at like the more local level, how like a band breaks through a little bit and it's like, it can get, absurd and like yup yeah it doesn't make sense I think if when you're like the type of person that like doesn't realize that and you do things to dehumanize artists like almost at any level I just think that like you're boring as a person like your life must be boring or like you need drama or something like you need these like superhero characters in your life because yours suck I don't know which to be fair a lot of like teenagers and shit do it's just like that's but like that's the thing that's true they're still maturing they don't understand things still like they're you know to them they are like I I remember being a teenager and thinking like oh "Oh, wow like I remember seeing the Devil Wears Prada when I was 14 (laughs) yeah and like they're just a bunch of, they were, especially at the time, they were just a bunch of fucking like weird scene kids. Definitely. Dayton. And we were like all just like slack jawed over them. Yeah. But they, and, but like loading in their own gear, obviously, into their bus in February. And we were just like, not even a bus, it was like, it was the van. And we were all just like, oh, they're amazing. It's just like, they were like, they definitely like slept in a parking lot or in a church base, that church's basement that night. And it's just like, it like, it isn't worth not just treating these people like people. And that's where like, I think like punk and PC music and weird art can sort of like remind people. It's just like, yeah, people are just fucking weird and people are also not their art because there's no way in hell someone is that on all the time. Like the dudes in full of hell are not like that all the time. You cannot tell me otherwise. Yeah. That's why like so many hardcore dudes and like extreme metal dudes just like love sports now. Because it's (laughs) just like they needed some other outlet. Right. That isn't just being on 10 all the time. Like uh, my favorite, my favorite metal fact ever is um, the lead singer of Cannibal Corpse fucking loves claw machines. (laughs) <laughs> oh, like, like the oh, like the prize yeah. things. Yeah, like he like he's just like a really good dad with and a man with no neck. But he just <laughs> loves. Yeah, he'll like when he was on tour, he would just like go to like WalMarts and arcades and like Targets and shit, and be like, "Oh yeah, you know, good machine here. You know, it's pretty well kept." Or you know, or talk about like his hauls and shit, and he's just you know, it's like I think it probably if I had to guess it was like a way for him to bring shit home to his kids and stuff you know it's like oh you know because he's gone for like you know three months at a time like cannibal corpse lives on the road and like it's just like that was just like his thing and that is such a nerdy 
Like, this is the dude that wrote Fucked with a Knife. <laughs> and he just loves claw machines and, like, loves hanging out with his kids. Like, his son, I think son, his kid turned 16, uh, like, yesterday, and he was just posing about it. And he's like, you have no neck because your neck muscles are so big from headbanging so hard. <laughs> That's and so weird just, to like, think also about. just, like, a good fucking dad. Yeah, people, de- like, art is definitely, like, a, a- a thing that people use to it's just an outlet it's not like a complete reflection of, yeah, a, of a person at, is at least ideally and it's a good outlet i really think it is a, yeah. especially the extreme stuff i know we talked a little bit about um like why i stopped doing the more melodic stuff and like because i was like i was i was tired of it at the yeah. time like i really i actually saw today Three years ago, I ended I ended Complainer a year and a half ago and stepped out of Seaholm a year and a half ago. Three years ago, I was being like, Complainer might end. We have one last show and I might just end this on our terms. It's like, I was clearly like... Over it. Just over it and consistently over it. But I was like, oh, but like people kind of like it and like it's, you know, it feels good and the song, like the shows are, the shows do well enough. But like the difference between that and then just like the pure fucking catharsis that the aggressive music has provided me has made me like melodic music more again like yeah i listen to so much pop music now and all i really do is write riffs that sound like a bunch of angry bees attacking the <laughs> walrus like it's it's i have like I will play my like I want to start writing bulkier stuff again, but I mostly over the summer played my acoustic guitar to make fun of the front bottoms because I still <laughs> know most of their songs. <laughs> yeah, I'm never against that. I'm fine with making fun of the front bottoms. Town of the Hawk is one of my favorite records, but that band is hilarious. They're kind of a character of themselves. Oh fuck yeah, absolutely. And uh, that's you know like that like I said that record record is really good, but like. The whole like couches on stage thing, like they had a bar on stage when I saw them. I was like, yeah. all right, dude. To be fair, if the bar is actually serving and then you chug your drink and then stage dive off like the suicide machines have done, that's sick. Yeah, that's dope. That oh, was, that's awesome. That was oh my god, I got, I I got f- for sure a concussion at that show. But goddamn, it was fun. <laughs> they played their set and then played for another hour. <laughs> that's insane. Because they hadn't played a single one of their Tony Hawk songs. And then they just played that record from front to back. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is why Ska is fun. Because it's really dumb. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, like, let's get into like the stuff that you've been doing so that I make sure we give it ample time, though. So, like, oh, sure. what's, like, what's, like, the latest projects you've been working on? And also, I'm kind of curious, like, what your setup, what your go-to setup has been lately. Yeah. Uh, so, I guess the, the main thing that I'm doing right now is um so the the two things is psalm judgment and we're just plugging away at a record just kind of we that's a band that takes its time like they took their time uh with your move before i even joined the band took our time with our single spineless and so we're just taking our time with this uh next record next release just sort of planning all that out um and the but the quarantine band has been uh happiness isn't possible or hip short which the initial concept of that was how do i make new metal and grindcore sound evil <laughs> um 
And the latest thing was a project that I did a split release with uh, Chris Lane's uh, solo band content where I wrote a seven minute song. Hell yeah. And uh, And it's a good ass seven minute song. uh, Thank you. Thank you. It was, it was brain melting. We recorded everything live. You ask what my go-to setup is. And realistically, my go-to setup is my boss HM2 heavy metal pedal into whatever amp is in front of me. Yeah. But that's just because I like the, you know, the angry bees go burr sound. <laughs> but whenever I go into this studio, and the problem is, is now I have people that are also nerds and enablers. We will just create every classic metal tone we can and then also do weird ones. Yeah. So we had that that song had something like a hundred and fifty tracks for one song. Holy shit, yeah. Like there was three like it was like three or four bass tracks, like nine guitar tracks in total, and each guitar track had like a whole an entire I don't think we used the same amp twice. That's awesome. And I think we only used the same guitar once. Because I'm all about we broke that extra string shit. On a different guitar, and so we had to pull out a different one. Yeah. And then I made this entire industrial ambient thing at the end where I took uh, a digital organ that had a bossa nova setting and slowed down the internal set internal tempo to 40 beats per minute. And then ran that and then just like fucked around with synthesizers and percussion and my acoustic guitar for three minutes. And we and uh, Nate, um, my uh, roommate and, pro- and the guy who produced this record and I sort of just meshed it together and made it and made it all glue. And it's just a dance project. I think de- I love the Converge sound, which is a kind of shitty tube amplifier or in this case the jcm 900 which people think is shitty but they're wrong through an old bad boss pedal it's just screechy and noisy but it sounds it sounds like the 90s and i fucking love it i didn't even know people hate it on the jcm 900 like i don't know why it's it's a weird thing but whatever man i was able to get one for super cheap just depends on what you use it for yeah, I mean, if you're putting an overdrive in front of it, it's the same fucking thing anyways. Like, not, and also, like, you're not Carrie King, so it doesn't really matter if you're <laughs> using the that JCM 900. You're still not going to sound like Slayer, so you might as well try to just sound like you because you're 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 not like yeah, you're not a, like most people aren't good enough guitarists to sound like them. And my favorite example of that is Logan from Greed Death. He will play through anything. You just give him a fuzz pedal and a reverb pedal. He'll make it sound fucking killer. Yeah. Because he's just a great guitarist. Like, people drool over their tone and stuff, but it's like, yeah, they have great tone and they have great taste in gear, but I guarantee you, you give them some squires and, like, some solid states, they're still going to sound way better than most bands. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think 100%. So, and so I knew that, like, I may not have that naturally in me, but so what we did instead was rehearse the hell out of this song to where we all knew our parts backwards and forwards because we wanted to play it live and then do overdubs afterwards. <laughs> and that was great until 
work fucked our drummer over the day of recording and I had uh, to play drums on the record myself. Uh, that sucks. Which is fine because I, again, knew the song backwards and forwards and I wrote the drum parts for it, but man, there was like, there was no oversight. We were, the drum room was in a basement and there was a control room upstairs. So we would like play the song and just kind of hope we got it right. And we, we played through that song every 10 minutes for like three hours until we finally got what we felt like was the take. And then we spent the whole next day doing uh, additional guitars and vocals at the very end of the day, which after playing guitar for five hours, I, people tell me I sound insane on the record, like, like an actual, like, barking madman on the sidewalk and it's because i did i felt that's good that's kind of what you want i think i actually did spit up blood at one point it was <laughs> the most i was like lifting weights to pump myself up and like screaming as loud as like just shrieking i wasn't doing any proper training i was just like i'm gonna be feral and if i can't talk after this that's fine yeah whatever like just i just i You'll be fine and, in a day the the phrase that I use for this band, happiness is impossible, is just fucking send it. Like if we just play as hard as you can and just know your parts beforehand and hopefully it'll sound sick. Uh I know they're kind of a cheesy band these days, but the band Nails really hammered that into me really early on. Pun intended. Like, Nails hammered it into you. Uh, hey ho <laughs> <laughs> Why do I gotta ruin the momentum? Keep Honestly, going. Honestly, it's fine because that dude—they're all—they're—they're kind of fucking weirdos. But like their records are just aggressive and gnarly, and it's that same thing where you just just beat the shit out of yourself until something cool comes out. And I think I always had that mentality, but it doesn't work nearly as well when you're trying to play like emo music as it does with uh, aggressive music. Yeah. And so until I find that balance, I think the loud guitars are definitely the way to go because if you wind up like just this like huddled over mess and have to sleep for like two days, you hear the end result of that. It sound like uh Taylor from Sw- Swimming in the Sound said, like described it as like the sound of a broken nose in a basement. <laughs> can, that's such a good compliment. Like Taylor's always got away with words, but it's like that feels good like yeah. i want that i wanted that vibe. song to feel like getting hit but not like moshed on like hit yeah 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 punishment yeah because it, it was it, it punished the hell out of us see i think i really like when artists i'm more interested in bands and artists that like each record is like a snapshot of where they are at the time rather oh, than like absolutely. a band that like tries to do that i mean i love the foo fighters but at the same time like every foo fighters album like doesn't really excite me that much because it's just like it's like okay this is still kind of the same thing in Weezer's a different way the same kind of band for yeah me. yeah like, damn rivers you're still a great guitar player are you sure you're not still also 19 years old like aren't you bored of doing the same <laughs> thing over and over like I like bands like Manchester Orchestra, like Foxing's another. Well, they're Those starting are two to move bands up. I don't fuck with, but I do respect. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, you they, know, for, like, like I, I have plenty of hot takes about both of those bands, more so Foxing, but like, I can't say that they're not pushing themselves. Well, Foxing's one of those bands where it's like, if you, if you say that the first record isn't good, people are gonna be like, oh, they freak out. And 
it, it's not I as good it. as that's why I say it, Brian. Yeah, it's it, it's like near my God is is, is like by far their best album, I think. And so there's definitely people that think, oh, Albatross. Oh, it's like, I hey, you know what? Seeing them at Bloodfest and going like their heart was in this music. Yeah, like their hearts were for sure in the songs that they were creating. The uh, the Hotelier is another band where it's just like, man, I could be so over every basement emo bullshit. Yeah. And still, like, especially home, no places there. I just feel like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. This they is sick. It. This is cool. Yeah. Yeah. They just happen to kill <sighs> it. sucks, but this is cool. But, like, uh, I, you said, mentioned Foxing at Bloodfest. I remember seeing them and I had so much respect for the singer because he was like, in between songs, like, who. Who was your guys' favorite performance of the day? Mine was Norma Jean. I was like, fuck yeah, yeah dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And definitely, like, it, and honestly, it was like, I, I had to miss 68 because uh, I had to play. But, uh, <laughs> like, I remember it was like them and Roswell Kid, completely different sides of the fence because Roswell Kid is by it, it, their nature, like a very disingenuous band. Yeah. Um, but like it's on purpose. It's supposed to be like this whole meta thing. Yeah. And then Foxing is genuine to the point that I don't enjoy it. Oh, I could uh, see that. Yeah. Some people, yeah, I could see that being a turn off. Like, cause if you don't agree with the emotions he's shooting at you, it's kind of just like, all right, take it easy. It's very personal. And it's just like, yeah. if you don't vibe with it, it's like, why yeah. would I get and involved with this? I get like, that. I guess my hot take is just that like, also I think just generally men are less good at that kind of uh, just fucking insane emotion. But it also might be the fact that Mitski ex- and Lord exist. And those are two women that just are as emotionally forward. And Mitski, I hadn't listened to Be the Cowboy, and I did uh, like a month ago. And I was like, this record feels more violent than any metal record I've ever listened to. I feel so hurt for this woman. Huh. <laughs> like, so, like, <laughs> I've tried as hard as I, I try to be, you know, a good person and a good thing. And it had me dredging up shit I had definitely already worked through in therapy <laughs> right and it's like cool that's awesome that is that's such a good a record good then, response huh? from a music from music like that is like it just makes you re-examine your entire life and your entire series of partnerships and just like sit there and go like i can always be better or whatever and it's just like i think sometimes bands get let vibes get in the way of that and that's that's my personal opinion on foxing but then again like i said they they and Roswell Kid had in common of playing their tits off. Same stage, same sound, same sound guy. Yeah. Like they're the only differential factor, really, were the performers themselves. Yeah. And yeah. both of them just like and completely different style of performance, but both of them were just giving a hundred and ten percent in a way that was so yeah. genuine. Because like, yeah, like to Foxing's, you know, like really connecting with this audience and really getting in there with everyone and like being still flamboyant. Uh, Roswell Kid had their song Wishman, which is a 50 second song about asking a wizard to turn them into dogs. And it just ends with a bunch of barking noises. <laughs> it has this really cool riff intro before the song starts. And I think they played it like 10 times before going into the song. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and it was fucking awesome. And it was so what that band should be. And I, I I do love that. Like, I think people can find it really corny and hacky for a band to have, like, a really 
firm, strong identity, but if it makes you perform better, if it like lets you get yeah, this fuck, message across, like fuck yeah, like yeah, fuck I love, saying, like I, fuck I, that shit. It's like hacky. Like come on, like at least they, at least they're not boring. Yeah, but, it's like. like God, good God, like, have an identity. That's so annoying to me, like, that people are, like, you can tell, like, that's so annoying when people criticize that shit, because, like, they're going out on a limb to try and figure out who they are, and, like, you're gonna criticize that? Like, what do you do? Like, I don't know. ever bum me out more than, like, self-deprecating stage banter, and I'm guilty of it as anyone, but, like, it's definitely, like, that was something I had to, like, had to just really remind myself of, is just, like, no matter how I feel about the set, you don't need to talk to people about that, at least not on stage. Like, yeah, you're there to perform. So perform like if you just wanted to be an artist, you wouldn't be playing gigs. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Self-deprecating stage banner just was just like, eh, I, I yeah, I'm not I'm not about it. That's the shit makes me cringe. But like if you're you have an identity and it's like you're trying to come across as something. I'm fine with it. Another thing I don't like in terms of stage banner is when like right before the last song or before the last song, before the encore, there's like the band's playing an interlude and the lead singer starts telling you about all you got to do is just be yourself. And no matter what, like if you just never give up on your dreams and you just do everything that you, it's like, all right, dude, like, see, that's, that's all that metalcore bullshit, which I'm still like, "Mm, give me, I'm, I'm fine with that. Cause it's like, you know what? Cause (sighs) You, because I've never seen a band do that that was already having a good set that didn't just come out with like, and this is a song about like, like Counterparts is an amazing example of this where he he will go on this monologue and be like, here's a song about my, uh, I think grandmother who died of amnesia. And then everyone just fucking MMA kicks the shit out of each other. And it's a great song and they play it super hard. Cause it's like, it's, it's mosh edging. Yeah. And it's sick. <laughs> and it's, it, it can be cool. I think you have to be, it's a skill for sure. Yeah. And people have to be about it. Um, cause I've definitely seen the opposite where like, like a lot of Christian bands are just start preaching and well, it's like, you I are not it, reading the room correctly. I think it was actually a counterpart show where I, the most recent example of this, I remember is counterparts, but it was like something about like, I can't remember the band's name, like something your guns, like oh, stick to your guns, stick to yeah, stick to your guns. It was their lead singer. Uh, it was so fucking corny. I can't remember what he was I, saying. I, stick to your guns has some of my favorite like metalcore songs, but I have not listened to them in like eight years. And every time I like stumble upon a live video, like when they're performing, it's like oh my god, this is so crazy. That dude can jump like six feet in the air. This is yeah, this is wild. <laughs> and then yeah like he's he's like it's like when i saw scott stapp live it's like this man is reading from a script in his head that's what i mean it was so cheesy and i was just like he says the same thing word for word every night i guarantee yeah. it and like but it's fine when it's like them playing a creed song that's sick <laughs> right. but like no not many bands are creed in fact there's only technically two bands that are creed <laughs> there's creed themselves and then scott stapp's most of his set <laughs> right I like the idea that Scott Stapp plays solo stuff as if he's like Paul McCartney uh, the, like who who has licensure to play Beatles songs for sure I don't know it would be like it's basically just a Creed set but 
<laughs> man, I, 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 I unironically had a great time uh, last year when I saw him. Like, that was... You should, though. Fuck it. It was... <laughs> I mean, you're there. Be in the moment. Have fun. Who gives a shit? That's the thing. There's too yeah. many people that think that, like, oh, this is, I'm enjoying this ironically. It's like, no, you're just insecure about what you like. So you're going to say you're doing it ironically. Also, knows you're still doing audience. the thing. <laughs> oh, and the dude knows his audience super well. So, like, he, like, definitely, like, scammed a bunch of, like, fucking beer gut dads and wine moms out of a bunch of money. But it was all going towards, like, sponsoring kids. So it's like, yeah, you just fleeced the fuck out of these boomers. But, like, if it's <laughs> going to where you say it is, that's, like, pretty tight. Like I, this is I am pro current year Scott Stapp for sure. Like yeah, I've seen him coming on like different podcasts and stuff. I guess trying to like clean up his like crazy guy image. I mean, yeah, the dude was just straight up on meth most of the time to the point where like everyone else gave him like a different name. I think it was like Brian or something like that, or like Eric. It was just like a very generic dude name that like just like a lot of people in Canada at the time had. And they were like, oh, man, you know, like, be careful. Like, the other guy is out. It's not Scott. Meaning Scott just took a bunch of meth and is trying to start a fist fight. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's, again, it comes back into that, just that danger in music, man. Like, it, it breaks my heart every day knowing how Kid Rock is as a person. Because, yeah. fuck, I love watching his, his uh, Woodstock set. Yeah, I, I used to oh. fuck with Kid Rock big time, dude. Especially like being a kid from Downriver. Like when I was like I, a kid, I when he first came out, I loved Kid Rock, dude. I listen to American Badass like once a week. I'm not even gonna lie, dude. It's all good, dude. That's all good. rules. That like, I'll ah, never forget man. when I saw I saw this hardcore band. I I want to say it was either Boundaries or Orthodox, and they like finished their set were doing ringing out some feedback and they were just like what's up Detroit and they played the American badass riff like a few <laughs> times and I just I just remember because like this is this is the best thing like if this is what hardcore shows are now where people are just going to start playing like new metal butt rock riffs like after their like genuinely good set I am so here for it fuck yeah Dude, I'm probably going to listen. I'm going to Target after this, and I'm going to listen to American Badass on the way. I, I, <laughs> I recommend it. That or, uh, what is it, Devil Without a Cause? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Any, of the, any, any of the early shit. I mean... Cowboy, baby. <laughs> I, I, one day, I'm going to end up with a uh, Badass Logger t-shirt because they are at oh, every thrift yeah. store in Michigan. I swear to God. In every size. Yeah, you think I it'd just, be mostly be like XLs or XXLs, but no, like <laughs> it's like people buying them for like their kids and shit. It's like, huh? I feel like they must have. It must have been like a promo deal where it's like, if you bought like a twenty four pack, because I can't assume they were sold in pa- in cases less than twelve. No, fuck you that. You get a free T shirt or something. And yeah. Yeah, that's the only explanation because like the shirts look like shit like that's why I haven't bought them yet <laughs> yeah not that funny and they look very bad yeah <laughs> but it's a piece of hi- it's a piece of Michigan history yeah it really is and I do think I own enough ICP shirts at this point <laughs> I think I'm up to seven seven see now that's one. not I, ironic people I just <laughs> bought one I have a fucking juggalo tattoo this is not irony yeah yeah I, <laughs> I think I, I bought one yesterday, so I think that puts the number up to six or seven. Oh, fuck yeah. 
Whoop, whoop. See, at least that's not as embarrassing as the amount of brand new merch I have. See, See I have yeah. to apologize for all that. We're it's like, t- okay, yeah, I didn't throw it all away. Like, Sorry. Yeah, if we're talking about rehabbing an image, ICP is killing that shit, putting a hit out on blood on the dance floor, having like some of the most well articulated thoughts about consent and like, yeah, dude. Dude, that's the that's the thing. They've always been good with that shit, though. They've oh, always they, been they, good with that shit. They, and when they weren't, they have come out and been like, "That was fucking whack and weird of me." Yeah, like like violent. Dude, the way Violent J acts toward with his daughter is so cool. Like he made a fur suit to go to conventions with them. That's dope. <laughs> but it's also great because you know how all the fursuits, you know, uh, yeah. you specifically, you Brian, know yeah. uh, that fursuits all have those big eyes and his have like these really tiny, angry eyes. It's just like, <laughs> Oh, you have not changed at all. But, and then like uh, he, and he went there, he you know spent the money, bought her the suit and like went in. And also he did a thing for this record company to live a lie, which is like a big power violence record label. And just went so long. It was just ranting about like, this is the real underground shit. We haven't forgot where we come from. We've always loved that punk rock shit. And it's like, Violet J, will you officiate the wedding that I'm never going to have? Like, I love that term power violence, by the way. Like we talked about this, like when on the podcast. It's like one of the sickest genre names of all time. Yeah, for real. And I was just wondering if you could explain for the people like me who'd never fucking heard of it before, yeah. like what 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 are the tenets of power violence? Grindcore, but make it stupid. Um, it is. It's a lot of. It's really just this. The idea was just this, like this neck jerk back and forth between super fast and then super heavy. And it's not. It originally it it wasn't clean. It wasn't pretty. It was, and it was all just really weird and dumb. Um, it's it's sort of developed a little bit more like polish and stuff because people have grown up around it. But it is just you play as fast and as hard as you can, and then you come up with the dumbest, simplest, heaviest riff <laughs> you can think of. Brian, just uh, just listen to Weekend Nachos and you'll get it. Uh, yeah, okay. honestly, uh, like I could, I could totally just be like, oh, you know, uh, you know, spaz, slap a ham. Uh, I'm drawing a blank because I'm really fucking tired. You could, you know, like I could list all these classic bands, but really, the band Weekend Nachos nailed it. And then also, currently, I think the band Gulch has a ton of power violence going on. For them and they're sort of what's the, like the modern face of that a lot of there's it's also fun because a lot of people want to call this stuff false grind because it's like yeah. grindcore for posers and everyone's <laughs> just like hell yeah okay like i haven't like there's this band bandit and this band end and that's uh, so nerdy to be like this like, is yeah, false grind <laughs> yeah we're fucking posers shut up that's you fucking so weird nerdy, virgin. like it's like it's it's got such a great sense of humor and it's all just this like flinging between two extremes like uh definitely want to shout out northern x northern lights x uh i think if you just look up northern lights they're a power violence and trap hybrid and oh, all their that's songs are shit. about just yeah and <laughs> it's like grimy trap but it, it starts off like there's all their songs are just about like smoking weed or like jumping someone but like <laughs> 
it's clearly made by a dude in his bedroom. So when he's trying yeah. to act tough, you know he's just like talking super far out of it. Yeah, his I was just thinking like the irony of like some basement dweller like singing, like making songs oh, about yeah. that and shit that like you've never even imagined doing. It's totally fucking ironic, but it's so perfectly well made because it's just like these riffs are sick. This sounds amazing. This is really dumb. Okay, now it's a ghost main song. Fuck yeah. Okay, like you mentioned cool. it has a sense also, of humor, and I think that's key. also real quick. I no matter how my music tastes develop, I will always have an appreciation for Week on Nachos because I saw them at my old friend Steven's 21st birthday party in Inkster because he was boys with them. And it was the craziest fucking thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh my god, yeah. That's awesome. I, I never got to see them. I uh and but like I've seen footage and I know people who know them and like even just the like like the after that they created of this whole culture. Like I played a grindcore show in Chicago this time last year and people were not moshing or even like hardcore dancing or crowd killing. They were straight up grabbing their boys by the shoulder and then punching them. <laughs> Hell like yeah. Just straight up. Like cause there's this um, band Livid that's definitely one of the current, in my opinion, gold standards of what power violence is because they are just, all their songs are about just like killing rapists and like checking people on like calling them out on their bullshit. Like they're... So that objectively good shit. Objectively good shit. They're, they're, prob- they're, they're right. probably best song is a song called Coward and the mosh call is just you fucking bitch. <laughs> and... Again, oh, toward them, yeah. watching that live every night was the scariest thing. But also I was in there. Right. Like you kind of just check the median size of the group and figure out how what your lane is gonna be. And if I lie somewhere on the lower median instead of like the lowest low, I'm and I know I won't die. It's just, it's so perfectly aggressive. And that's what a lot of, yeah, like power violence. I wouldn't necessarily call a lot of what uh hip does power violence, but I have so much love for it. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking up weekend nachos on Spotify right now. And I'm just like reading these song titles. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, they jock they had a power violence, the fine art of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Dub violence. And then you could exist tomorrow. I'm like, there's like this mix between like profound and just like obviously like tongue in cheek horse shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then and then they have a uh, then they have a Weezer cover EP where they just cover Weezer they, songs straight. Yeah, they <laughs> just play a bunch of Weezer songs like really well, but it's also clearly like their guitar tones. Like the guitars are a little bit gnarlier and the drums are a little bit punchier. Yeah. And the vocals are a little bit worse somehow. And it's clearly them. And you just wait for like the, all right, where's the, the where's the blast beats? Where are the fight risks? They just never come. Right. Uh, <laughs> he is producing. He produced this, I think was involved. One of the members was involved in this new band, Sex Prisoner, which is another just like fucking killer, killer band. There's this band around here, Surfer James. Since, since the nineties, there's always just been like, small little pockets of these shitheads that are actually pretty good at writing riffs, but would rather just write fast, dumb stuff (laughs) that'll show up in hardcore scenes. 
and just always be one of the more, in my opinion, one of the more compelling bands in whatever metal scene they're around. Right. Even in the South, which South, the South is the best place for metal and it, it always will be. Yeah. Band like this band from, oh my God, I think Fort Worth, Texas, uh, called Worm, spelled with a V. They're just, their, their, their record, uh, that came out this year is probably going to go on my, you know, top 10 albums of this year. And it is just, again, the dumbest, <laughs> most hateful sounding nonsense that's also really, really, really fucking fast. Yeah, the it's, South doesn't fuck around with that shit. No, it the South and Buffalo, New York, gotta gotta love every time I die. Yeah, Buffalo, always... Buffalo definitely has oh. it going on a little bit. Coastal stuff, that, and I think that's why like Detroit has always had a better hardcore scene than a lot of areas because it's something about being by water. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it, it's like it creates this weird, like this this weird dichotomy or something i don't know maybe it's just like overhydration or fucking whatever else, <laughs> salt water in the brain but just yeah it seems like certain pockets of areas just create a specific breed of angry person yeah that wants to let it out efficiently and not necessarily creatively and it's fucking great like as much as i love artsy hardcore i also just love uh what yeah what we call caveman riffs in the industry (laughs) more or less like and it's funny watching non caveman riffs that's fucking hilarious my favorite thing is watching like non metal people like fuck around and play caveman riffs it's like it's adorable that you think this is aggressive right (laughs) and i'm happy for you like you're much more well adjusted than i am Dude, I love like getting down into like the crab stance and just like playing like drop B riffs. It's so fun. It's, oh, it's, it's so it's, funny, dude. It's fun, but like there's there's heavy and then there's hateful, and it's fun to yeah. see the split of the difference between yeah. that. Because like I I I listen to Attack Attack more often than I think I should, <laughs> and like it's fun. Like I listen to yeah, like the I have specific metalcore that I still really like, but then yeah, bands. Like we can your weekend nachos or primitive man or anything Ethan uh does is just like hateful Jabalba. I think like Oslo Morete by Jabalba is just one of those records. Like you put that on and I'm probably gonna just like feel my legs start shaking and just like I am so amped up right now. I yeah, it's like so how do you listen to that type of stuff just like casually, you know, like walking through the grocery store, you know what I mean? Like it seems like a weird backdrop. Really cool primitivist songwriting. Like it, it isn't always like it doesn't need to it doesn't compel you to violence unless you just let yourself like you know fall into it. Some yeah, I mean that's like saying video like, games cause violence. Like no, yeah, they don't. And that isn't all it's it's more about just like how you want to immerse yourself into it. But like, for sure, if you're going to vibe to aggressive music, you're, you're probably going to have some adrenaline rush. That's what I mean. It's like, it's such like a weird idea to like, I'll, I'll put on like, you know, every time I die, if I'm at the gym or something like that, but if I'm just like walking through the grocery store, it feels so, I mean, sometimes I will just cause it's hilarious, but like, you'll just be walking by like some old lady and you smile and wave or something. And then like in, in your headphones, like, oh, I want to be dead with my friends. It's like, yeah. okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you know? also part of it is like, because every time I die is one of my favorite bands. They're so rad. But to me, <laughs> I realized I had a weird switch in my brain go off. And this isn't me trying to be tough, 
But literally, I get everything I want out of the black keys from every time I die. Oh, okay, I see what, I Just see what like you mean, yeah. cool blues riffs over big Oh, drums. hell yeah. I don't know, like, I listened to, um, oh my god, it was the record after X Lives. That one in low teens, I'm just like, oh, this is like if the Black Keys were made by, like, both everyone, if everyone in the band was a good musician and not just the guitar players. Right, like, yeah. Um, and that's barely even me talking shit. That drummer has admitted he can't play fast. And, like, I just was like, oh, why is this is like, this is hardcore for sure. And it's like aggressive and it's, it's, it's good punk, but it's also like kind of blues rock almost. Yeah. Like, that's that, like, like oh. it's got like that Southern, Southern and metalness and to Slipknot it. Slipknot is another example is like Slipknot has pop hooks. Yeah. And it, it's sort of this, like, I guess, yeah, kind of this spicy and sweet thing. Yeah. Corey Taylor did a podcast with uh, Burt Kreischer, a comedian, and like he was talking about like, their influences and stuff and he's like oh yeah like we listen to pop like we listen to all kinds of shit oh, we, yeah, we, we yeah, made yeah. Slipknot because like we wanted we were making music we wanted to hear because we weren't hearing music that had like these different influences that was also heavy yeah oh yeah I mean Corey Taylor just put out like a 70s pop rock album yeah. this year like the Corey motherfucking Taylor yeah. thing <laughs> I, couldn't, I, I couldn't get through that but I don't like men I don't think I, I personally don't believe men should be making pop music <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think that my favorite pop act, pop influence act is Charlie Bliss. So I'm I'm with you. I mean, Charlie, I love fucking Charlie Bliss. Charlie I, Bliss I, rips. I do. There, and that's there, another example. There's Charlie no songs and, I don't like. Uh, pop are both examples to me of like guitar based music that is inherently aggressive, but isn't violent. Yeah. Like pop shows could get weird, but like most people aren't throwing punches, you know? Like, mo- like it, it is aggressive, but it does not. And it's like you can't. Like, you can call the Acacia Strain and Pup both aggressive. But yeah. But, like, there's a clear difference there, and it's not just the tuning. Right. But, uh, well, I think we should wrap here um, soon, because I do have to make a target run, because... That's totally fine. I, I hear have... it calling my name. But is, is there anything else that, like, that you wanted to, like, put out there, promote or anything like that? Well, when's this coming out? <laughs> uh, Within the next, probably, next four episodes. Four or okay. five episodes, probably. Uh, I guess keep an eye out for a uh, something from the podcast verse for me, Grains of Sandler. Uh, I'm watching every Adam Sandler movie with my good friend Mackenzie, and we're gonna try to create the Adam Sandler verse and see what that may look like. Once oh, that dude, that's fucking awesome. Are you gonna have guests? Uh, yeah. I, I, Benny, I was gonna, I was gonna message you about this, honestly. I'm, I'm marking my spot for the uh, uncut gems episode. We'll we'll talk because I have not seen that movie, and I'm going to watch that movie and immediately go into the episode when it happens. So you may have to oh, be a broken shit. human being. That is absolutely fine. You have no, you don't know what the fuck you're in for. Have you ever seen any of their no. movies before? The movie's uh, awesome. No, I haven't, and I don't do well with thrillers. So it's gonna be a trip. It's gonna be a trip, dude. It's- yeah. The- <laughs> Especially it's, if you can do the episode right after it ends, because when it ends, you're just like, "What?" Mm-hmm. I'm not even gonna say what the reaction yeah, is. Yeah, no, because, that's the, like, that is the idea. We figure like, bro, yeah. I saw that movie in the theater with Ryan Shay and Gabriel for Mover Shaker, and at the very end, I thought that Gabriel was gonna pass out. My <laughs> uh, 
so my co-host Mackenzie has seen the has watched that movie four times. He said after the first time he watched it, his jaw hurt. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it so was insane. Yeah, as as a uh, a person who doesn't like prolonged things and prefers short outbursts, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, it's gonna be a trip. But uh, so yeah, keep an eye out for that, and then I guess um hipincorporated.bandcap.com and it's all content.bandcap.com to check out that new shit that uh me and my me and my good buddies uh just put out uh, hopefully a you know a, a hip full length will come out sometime in 2021 same with the solemn judgment record wait uh and listen to power violence everyone should just give that a try once yeah, I'm gonna check out Weekend Nachos like on oh, my way yeah. to Target. Just then, to, then, I know I'm gonna hate it, but I just want to see. <laughs> then we've won, honestly. Then then I've won. As long as more people give those fucking weirdos a chance, I think we've won. Word. All right, there is another episode in the books. Um, again, check out Micah's projects. Micah's always doing something that was different from the last thing. I feel like, and definitely a unique perspective on music. I like when people embrace shit that when I listen to it at first, I'm just like, who the fuck listens to this? And then someone like Micah can explain it to me in a way that seems like, oh, okay, you don't have to be insane. You know, I know I'm like strongly opinionated in a jokey way, but I honestly do appreciate those different perspectives. Um, So anyways, follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Send me a DM if you'd be interested in Patreon content and um, follow us on the streaming platforms leave us a review um on itunes or apple Podcasts or google play i really appreciate those and those um make my day to be honest so if you have if you want to hit me up talk about the podcast i love hearing from people who listen any constructive criticism please hit me up on instagram so anyways thanks for listening guys until next time